Good morning, Life Church Online. It is so awesome to be here with you today. I hope you are having a great week wherever you are watching from. It is always so good to take this chance to engage in church online. And even though we may not all be in the same room today, we know that there are so many others lifting up the name of Jesus just like we are. So thank you for being here today. And I want to start today by telling you a story about my daughter, Isla. She's coming up on three in a few months, but this happened when she was one. We had just gotten out of the car, so we were in a car park, and I asked Isla to hold someone's hand. By someone, I meant Jono or myself. But Isla had another idea. She clasped her hands together like this, and with complete independence, started to march through the car park. <laughs> I mean, technically, we didn't specify whose hand she needed to hold. And this story makes me smile, thinking of that little independent one-year-old who had it all figured out. And it reminds me so much of us. How often do we like to march along in control, independent, thinking that we have it all figured out? God is right there beside us, asking us to hold his hand, to let him lead us and guide us and look after us. But so often, we like to be our own leader. We want to take matters into our own hands. We think we know best, so we want to set the path that we are going to walk. This is all if you're anything like me, of course. But I think it is in our human nature to want to have control. In fact, we can go all the way back to Genesis chapter three, to the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. God had provided for them everything, everything they could ever want and need. They got to walk with God, talk with God, knowing the fullness of relationship with him. He had given them everything, yet they still took matters into their own hands. It wasn't enough for them. They didn't have control. They disobeyed God and they disregarded what he had said. They went in their own direction and we all know that didn't turn out too well for them. The reality is we are all following something. It could be God. And I know that is the cry of our hearts to be lifelong, wholehearted, dedicated followers of Jesus. But other things can so easily creep in and try to take that top spot in our lives. Things like money, power, influence and control. These things are not terrible, but they are not designed to hold our hearts captive. They are not designed to be at the forefront of our minds. They are not designed to be our leaders. And if we allow these things to take center stage, to be our number one priority, we may not realize it at first, but they become our new leader. When we make decisions, when we set priorities, what we are following determines the path we are on. Or another way of putting it from Matthew 6, verse 21, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. What we invest in, what we value, what we hold with esteem in our lives will be where our hearts are. So if I desired comfort, for example, if that was a priority in my life, I would look for things that make me feel safe. 
I might invest more into friendships that are easy with people that don't challenge me. I might not have the courage to step out in faith. I might not take an open door of opportunity that God has placed in front of me to speak about Jesus because it might make me feel uncomfortable and I don't want to feel that way. But living as a follower of Jesus is not always comfortable. In fact, it can be very uncomfortable. And it is in those uncomfortable moments that I am so thankful for the leadership of God. And today I'm going to talk about God's leadership and why it matters so much that He is the one that we are following, that we are letting Him hold our hand and guide us through life. Because God's leadership is not something we should just tolerate. It is something that we should desire. In a world where so much vies for our attention, it is important for us as followers of Jesus to stay the path. The path being where God has called us to walk. He has a plan and a purpose for your life. And he wants to lead you there. He wants to hold your hand and guide you through life. And as we look at the life of Jesus, we see the ultimate leader. And I'll tell you why. Jesus was an incredible leader because he knew how to be an incredible follower. He knew how to follow God. In John 5 verse 19, it says, Jesus gave them this answer. Very truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing because whatever the Father does, the Son also does. This is what it means to follow God wholeheartedly. Jesus lived with total dependence on God. He lived his life doing what his Father did, valuing what his Father valued, pursuing what his Father pursued. Jesus is both God and man, and he is teaching us here through his humanity that we need to live relying on God, following his lead, just like he did. He is showing us a pattern, a way of living in humility and, sur and surrender and total dependence on God, knowing that he is worth following. If even Jesus, the son of God, said that he could do nothing by himself, how much more do we need to rely on God and his leading in our lives? So I want to take a quick look today at three things Jesus modeled for us that can help us be good followers. And these are definitely not the only things, but they can help remind us and point our hearts back to God to keep him at the center of it all. So number one, Jesus prioritized prayer. Prayer, it is so incredibly important and it is so incredibly difficult to prioritize at times. Prayer keeps us aligned with the heart of God. When we pray, we're taking the focus off us and off our situation and we're putting the focus back on God. We're asking for his provision, for his presence, for his intervention, the list could go on. When we look at Jesus, we see that prayer was a major priority for him. Luke 5 verse 16 says, But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. 
he had a pattern in his life of prayer. He valued prayer. He valued that time where he could be alone with his father in prayer, listening and speaking and hearing from God. We can see this in Mark 1 verse 35, where it says, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. So Jesus made space for prayer, even very early in the morning, which I know would be challenging for a lot of us, me included. But he knew its significance and it is just as significant for us. So if we are to be good followers, we need to ensure that we are prioritizing prayer, that we are willing to involve God in the day-to-day, the normal routines and responsibilities of life that we all have. Are you listening to those prompts from the Holy Spirit to pray? Are you taking time and space aside to get out there and pray? Our heart for prayer should be to prioritize it. And as we do, it will align us again with God and his leading for our lives. Number two, Jesus pursued his purpose. And Jesus tells us pretty clearly in John 12, verse 27 to 28, what this purpose was. He is speaking of his impending death on the cross. And he says, now my soul is troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. No, it was for this very reason I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it and will glorify it again. What a powerful passage of scripture where there is a battle going on between flesh and spirit. His humanity is quite understandably feeling uneasy. Jesus says his soul is troubled, but yet he pursued his purpose to die for us, to die on a cross, to be humiliated and crucified for us so that we could know our God and know his love and know the freedom of being under grace instead of under law. Jesus pursued his purpose despite the pain that it caused him, despite the fact that he did not deserve it. He took our punishment upon himself and carried his conviction to completion on that cross. And as God's followers, we can learn from Jesus what it looks, looks like to pursue our purpose. And we don't just see it in that one moment, but throughout Jesus' life, he was always pursuing his purpose. Luke 19 verse 10, for the son of man came to seek and save the lost. Everything he did was because of this purpose. And for us, we need to allow our purpose to permeate our lives, to guide our decisions, our schedule, our priorities. Now I encourage you this morning, if you feel like you are lacking purpose, if you feel like you are sort of just drifting through life, ask God to remind you of your purpose because he has one for your life. Psalm 33 verse 11 says, but the plans of the Lord stand firm forever the purposes of his heart through all generations. So ask, ask God for fresh revelation of what that means for you. And number three, Jesus made time for people. 
And as many of you know, we have recently had our M3 offering, which stands for Mission, Mercy and Momentum. And leading up to this, we've been talking a lot about compassion, about being moved beyond sympathy or empathy into action. And Jesus was often moved with compassion. There are several verses that talk about this. But there's one in particular that stands out to me from Matthew 14, verse 13 to 14. Jesus had just found out about the death of John the Baptist. Verse 13. When Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Hearing this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. This is an incredible passage and it shows us the depth of Jesus' love for people. In the midst of his own pain, his own loss and hurt, he is still able to show compassion to the crowds of people that needed him. Jesus didn't just speak of loving your neighbor, but he modeled it in every situation, even at a great personal cost, as I can imagine this situation would have been for him. Jesus showed us the importance of loving people, of meeting needs. And as his followers, let's continue to grow in this area. Let's not cast it aside, but be purposeful in our compassion for others. We can get so caught up in our own lives, and I know that is true for me as well. We can forget to open our eyes and consider the ways in which we could be a blessing. But sometimes and often it is, it is as simple as making time for somebody. And Jesus showed us through his life that he had a deep love for people, which led him to action. So Jesus showed us through these patterns in his life prioritizing prayer, pursuing his purpose and making time for people, how we can be good followers. And we can learn so much from the way that Jesus followed God while he was here on earth with humility, dependence and faith. And I am thankful that Jesus followed God's plan to completion, aren't you? As I look back at my own life, I can see that God's plan has never let me down either. We are better off when we follow him and his leadership. We find more purpose, we find more freedom, we find more peace and joy and hope. Following God's plan is always better than following our own. And I think we can convince ourselves that we somehow lose out when we decide to follow God with everything we have. We feel a loss of control. We feel the vulnerability of not knowing what is around the corner. But we don't know what is around the corner anyway, do we? We want to secure for ourselves comfort and joy in our future. I know I do. But God holds our futures within his hands. He knows what is around the corner and he has promised to be with us through it all. Proverbs 16 verse 9 says, In their hearts humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. We can make plans, and we do make plans. We make them all the time. But when it comes to our deep purpose as human beings, 
God is asking us to follow his lead. He is asking us to hold out our hand, grab his and say, yes, you can be the leader. Yes, I will follow you. Yes, you actually know best for my life. You can guide me down the path that you have for me. Good times and bad, struggles and victories, comfort and pain. And it's not easy for us to surrender. Surrender is not a comfortable word and it is not a comfortable act. Surrender is vulnerable. Surrender exposes our hearts. To surrender is an act of faith that says we are choosing to believe with our whole heart and acknowledge with our whole life that Jesus Christ is Lord, that God has won the victory. And on the battlefield, to surrender is to yield to another power or control. It is to stop resisting or stop fighting and submit to an authority. Surrender on the battlefield generally means a loss. It means you've assessed the situation and have come to the conclusion that you are not going to win. You are not on the winning side. But when we surrender, when we yield our power or control over to God, when we stop resisting and come under his authority, we can know that this is our victory too. We do not lose in this because we are on the winning side. Jesus won the victory for us, for you and for me. He is for us, not against us. So we can share in this victory through our surrender. We can put our trust back in God, the ultimate leader that we could ever follow. Romans 6 verse 11 to 14 shows us what it looks like to be under the leadership of God through accepting the salvation that Jesus brought for us on the cross. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. For sin shall no longer be your master because you are not under law, but under grace. Offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life. Offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness because you are under grace. This is why we can surrender. This is why we can trust wholeheartedly that God is worth following because he brought us from death to life. He saved our souls. He redeemed us when Jesus died on that cross for us. And we couldn't do that. We couldn't save ourselves. We couldn't die on that cross. Only God could do that. But he didn't stop there. He didn't just save us. He didn't just redeem us, even though those are acts of indescribable mercy. He then asks us to offer ourselves back to him, to be under his leadership and under his care. How incredible is that? The God of the universe wants to lead you. 
He loves you. He cares for you. And he wants to be the one that is holding your hand and guiding you through life. He wants to speak to you, to listen to you, and to show you his grace and his love. And he wants to use you as an instrument of righteousness. Through relationship with Jesus, God has changed our status to righteous. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. And verse 21, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So we know we are a new creation and we have been called righteous. But God wants our righteousness to go just beyond, beyond just our status. It's great that we are now called righteous. We are new creations through Jesus. We are no longer condemned because of our sin. But that verse back in Romans 6, verse 13, says to offer every part of ourselves to God as an instrument of righteousness. So what is that telling us? It's telling us that we are not meant to just sit in this cozy little bubble of righteousness, knowing that we are fine, our eternity is secured, it's all gonna be okay for us. No, we are to offer up everything that we have, every part of ourselves and our lives to be used as an instrument for the glory of God, to be his hands and feet, to show people the love and the compassion that God has shown us to teach and disciple, to pray for, and to point people to Jesus always. I started today with that story of Isla, holding her hand, marching through the car park with that fierce independence. And I don't know if you can see just a little bit of yourself in that image. I know I can. We so desperately want to know that things are going to turn out okay, don't we? And I think that is a part of what drives us to want to be in control, to be the leader of our own story. But I want to remind you that we have hope in Jesus. And hope is not just a pretty little word that makes us feel nice. Hope is the truth. We have hope in Jesus and it is the perfect thing to counteract our fear of the unknown our need to have all our plans come to pass and our need for control. Jesus tells his disciples in John 16, verse 33, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Our futures, our paths, our lives are in safe hands. God shows himself as faithful again and again. And while we may not always understand God's plan as it is being outworked in and through our lives, I know for sure that we can trust in him. I know for sure that he is worth our surrender. I know that we can hold on to that hope through every season of life knowing that God is good. 
It is not easy to hand over the reins, but trust that God knows you intimately and he has got you. As we let him lead us, as Ephesians 3 verse 20 says, he is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. And as we come to the end in a minute, I would love to give you the opportunity today to give your life to Jesus. You might have never made a decision to follow Jesus, or maybe you have before, but you know as you've been listening today that you are very much walking your own path for your life. You're making your own decisions, you're setting your own trajectory, and you'd love to get back to God and pursuing his path and his plan for your life rather than your own. I would love to pray for you if that is you. You can read along in your heart with me. Dear God, I thank you for your love for me. I thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for me, for my sin and my mistakes. Today, I give my life to you. I turn from my old ways and accept that I am a new creation in you. I accept you as my Lord and Saviour, and I choose to follow you and your path for my life. Holy Spirit, come and fill me now and help me to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer today, I am so happy for you. That is an amazing decision. God loves you so much. And we would love to hear from you. We have some resources available that will help you out on your journey. And we would love to be praying for you as well. We're your church family, so we're here to support you. So please get in touch with us. Let us know in the chat, or you can send us an email as well. And everybody, as we go into another song now, let's give God all of our worship, all of our hearts, and all of our lives. God bless you, church.